Would you like to go on a quest? Hello and welcome to Quest Me. My name is Josh. I'm your forever host and friend and also creator of the Twist My Arm Network. Um, thank you for joining us. We are live. If you're listening in podcast land, we are live. Um, we go live every Thursday. And thanks to anyone that's in the chat right now for being there. Um, if you'd like to join us, like I said, come hang out live Thursdays. We talk about Boba Fett um, for this season. I don't know. There's only like seven episodes of this season of Boba Fett, so I don't really know what we're going to do afterwards. Maybe we'll go back and do season one of Mandalorian or something, but who knows? Either way, follow us for all the information and updates. You can follow me at Twist My Arm Cast. Um, you can email us at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to be a part of the show, or you can just DM me on Facebook um, by searching Twist My Arm Podcast. Um, let's see. I think that's it for the introduction of me. Now let's do the introduction of the other people of the show. Um, first up, I have my lovely co-host. His name is Justin. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. I'm great. I'm great. This is the best part of the week, Thursdays and Fridays, because you get Quest Me on Thursdays and then Sunburn Everbowl on Fridays, and it's just... You know, it's wonderful. So. See, for for me, it's like a treat. Uh, it's my work Monday, and so coming home and doing this is just exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, and it's sure. fun. I, I get that. I get that for sure. Um, well, thanks for coming along for the ride again. We're on episode four, um, and there's there's kind of a lot to talk about in this one. Oh yeah. So. We got to kind of move ahead here. We got another regular of the show. He's come on a couple times. Um, he is also part of the Marvel Can of Madness podcast. His name is Chip. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, look at look at that! You look you look fancy over there. That's a yeah, I got lot a new of camera set up. It lets you really appreciate how many toys I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty glorious. Yeah. I know. Yeah, look at I'm you. I'm doing marvelously. Uh, you know. I see what you did funny. there. Was that a yeah. fun? <laughs> like well, that. excellent. I like that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, doing well. Um, it's kind of impromptu. I just wanted to test my camera, but I guess I can talk about some Boba Fett. I know he hits me up. He's like, "Hey, can I just jump in the stream real quick and test my camera?" And I'm like, "And talk about Boba Fett?" <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on such short note. Literally. 10 minutes ago he decided to be on the show so thanks for coming and joining for this episode because it's going to be a lot of fun now we have a really special guest first timer to the show um long time listener of twist my arm shows he's been in a lot of different live chats for quest me for mostly sudden but inevitable um and i've seen him popping around in the marvel can of madness a couple times um his name is sincera and uh, he's oh he's not this handsome <laughs> But that's, I had Nathan, to, that's Nathan Fillion. I had to bring out some realize. toys to to compete. <laughs> I mean, I think that one. I bet Jesse would say that that one toy that you have in your camera trumps every other figure that Chip has in his his background. I've got the whole crew up. To, I've got the whole crew up top. I just I can't bring them all. I can't bring them oh. all out here. Yep. See, Look, I don't, I don't thanks, know, man. 
Thanks for having me. I think uh, you gave me too much credit. I don't think I've I've gotten around to listening to Marvel Can of Madness yet, but I, I, I think you popped in once for like a good five minutes. Then I think it was I, one that maybe Jesse was in. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm, I'm, that I'm doing I'm doing things without my own knowledge. So. <laughs> it was clearly the most interesting podcast you watched that day. Jesus. <laughs> See, that's why I think I didn't take do a it. drink on that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, Josh throwing but, the, the guests under the bus. No, no, it's, I, I don't mean to do that. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's really fun to have you on. I yeah, missed the the nice. what was it the Highlander episode? I think I, yeah, I got to I got to come on for Highlander because that is one of my I'm the uh, the Ricky Bobby of Highlander best movie ever made, <laughs> and uh, I I will die on that hill. So all right, all right, that could only yeah, be I, one. I was, four, uh, I was pretty sad to miss that. But. <laughs> But I'm glad that you're here for this now. I'm honored to be here. The uh, I've been enjoying this this run of Boba Fett so far. I, I hear people have complaints. I may have one, but so far, so good. There's a couple. I was going to ask you, like, how have you liked the show so far? But it sounds like you've had a pretty good experience for the first four episodes. I'm digging it. I, I think they could. My, my Twitter complaint has been that I agree with Temerera. I think I'm saying his name right. If I'm not, I apologize. To, um, isn't it Tamora? 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 Yeah. Tamora. Um, he was caught in an interview saying, like, I'm speaking too much. I'm Boba Fett. And I'm like, yes, thank you. And I, it would have <laughs> been cool, it would have been cool if they stuck to the original, not canon, but like the original trope of he's got five lines in the entire trilogy. If he had five lines per episode, that would have been great for me. And on that, that uh, would be a yeah. ridiculous callback and and trope for Star Wars. But I kind of agree, like that silent protagonist or antagonist is kind of more badass. I feel like um, it, it's like every time they talk about doing a Legend of Zelda live action or something, I'm like, but but he doesn't. Link doesn't talk. How are you gonna do that? Like. He he's just, just going to have some annoying fairy talking the whole time and Listen. like commentary about. I mean, I, I, I do feel you on that, that uh, they maybe he maybe talks a little too much. And sometimes I, I don't like his cadence. Like there are sometimes that he says some things and really like drags it out at the end. You know what I mean? And I know it's that's just my own. It's like it's like my problems with anime and chewing. Like it's just something small and stupid, <laughs> but so sometimes it, it it gets to me a little bit. But I still I love Tamora Morrison, and I think he's doing a fantastic job, um, kind of bringing this character to life. You know, like he's he's bringing him to more of a he's he's more of a character now instead of just the guy in the background that everyone wants to get to know. We kind of know who he is, which is which is cool. I'm I'm enjoying that a lot. I'd like to see a little bit more of the past, maybe go back to like Empire days where he's like hired gun kind of thing, you know, and it actually leads into my that's a good segue to my first point is, is anyone else confused by the timeline? You know what? Oh, I yeah. Have, okay. I have a little section a little later on that I in my notes, it says, is anyone confused in the timeline? Because, okay. yeah, I'm not. And I can explain it for you. Um, all right I'll, well I would, let's I would love that. before yeah before we don't get worry too far i was texting that, josh about this i was so confused <laughs> and it is a confusing timeline um but once you kind of match it up with the movie and mandalorian and stuff it it 
it makes more sense. So okay. let's let's. Get I was into I was gathering for... I was gathering that he wouldn't meet uh, Fennec in his flashbacks until some time later, because he's See, supposed. And... To, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that that part for right. sure. Um, I will so wait with anticipation. <laughs> with anticipation. Wait with anticipation. Um, I have a, a little mini summary because they never have summaries on IMDb or Wikipedia or anything like that. So I just uh, write my own. Um, in the Gathering Storm, we seemingly witness the end of Boba's nomad journey and get a Godfather-like dinner with Fett's new family. Um. Which I, I really enjoyed. So, <laughs> what? Godfather like with Fett's new family. <laughs> it's almost an alliteration well, there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of legit, you know? This no, you're not wrong. By... You're not wrong. I mean, he is going to make people an office <laughs> they can't refuse. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. So, it's directed by Kevin uh, Tanch- Tanchorian. Tanchorian. Written by John Favreau. And Nora Noah Clure, starring Tamora Morrison, Mingna Wen, and Thundercat, which is really interesting. Thundercat Rawr. is the guy; he's the mod, the modification guy that uh, brings he's the mod back. doctor. Yeah, and I guess I mean he's a he's a pretty big musician. Okay, so I thought he was little Nas when I was looking at him, and then I was like, oh, no, that's not no. him. No, he's a pretty uh, he's a pretty decorated. Uh, musician he plays a lot of instruments and he's what, collaborated uh, what, with a lot of artists what genre is he does he usually partake in he does like jazz funk rap r&b okay. like that whole like oh, that whole area yeah ha scar he was our first guest he says chapter four when boba met fennec i like that that's good oh, um, where, are you, where are you seeing the chat i don't see the chat um it should be on the right side uh maybe on the comments comments. can you see the comments comments. there we go okay yeah i prom. i promised my 300 twitter followers that that i would hang out with them so let's see yes let's see if one of them shows up it will be great to have them um so we open the episode in the desert basically he's nomad land right now i feel like boba's been kind of wandering the desert for a while and we see you know, he goes and looks at the back of Boba's or Jabba's palace and, you know, decides tonight's not the night. We're not going to like, obviously, he's trying to get a ship like we all know that that's what he's doing. Like, it's pretty, pretty clear to see. Um, but while he's eating, this is cool because he sees the uh, the like, what do you call those? The, the flash, those flash, those flash signals or whatever. But Mando in uh season one i believe chapter five when he battles fennec and the other bounty hunter they're in the desert and he shoot flare he shoots off some flares and so boba boba sees those flares while he's around the campfire and decides to go investigate and that's when he that's when we find out as viewers i mean we i mean we found out in season two of mandalorian but now we kind of see boba actually walking up to fennec and picking her up and rescuing her um what did you guys think about that i i mean for one they they edited the scene a little bit um the the spur sounds that they had in mandalorian are not nearly as loud and um although they did have the the same kind of shots um they still they changed a couple things up what what did you guys think about not only the 
like him saving her, but then the way he saved her, and then and then I got some more questions after that. Like, like we'll go into the mod mod boss, we'll call him. Like, like what did you guys think of that whole scenario? Basically, start with Chip. You've been quiet. That was uh that was crazy. Like, I feel like what a what an extreme way to go about saving her. Like, was she in that bad of shape? Like, he turned her into half a droid. Like, her whole midsection's <laughs> all droided out now. Like, it's pretty intense. It was a gut shot. He did say she's dying of a gut shot. Dying of a gut shot. Yeah, Why then, couldn't they just replace a liver or a gallbladder or something? I feel like he did. The I feel like he replaced all of it. I, I think we have to suspend a little disbelief that people are not uh, going to watch this and go, oh, it's a laser blast. It, it cauterized everything as it went through her. It's like we have to imagine that it was a bullet or this, and it has the same effects of a bullet because that's the audience that's watching it. We don't have laser pistols yet. Yeah. So I, you have to imagine that she was shot by a high caliber round, say, just for based on what happened to her, I'd say a forty-five. Well, I and think she was, she was shot really it was really close that the guy shot her like really, really close. And it was a pretty high powered blaster. I feel like, but it was still a laser blaster. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it, it could, should still cauterize as it goes through. And she shouldn't have been in such bad a shape that chip pointed out that, you know, now she's half droids. Like, okay. Well, but. well, let's be honest. Banthas don't move very fast. So it probably took Boba Fett like eight hours to get to her. <laughs> like, come on. She's decompensated over time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Banthas are not the, the smartest way of travel. They're just so slow. Maybe I also they're think they're off screen, but maybe he I don't think he had a lot of options. And the fact that he had a random modification mechanic in the middle of the desert, like, all right, you'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Banthas are like camels here. They're more efficient on the sand as opposed to horses. Okay. All right. I could see it. But yeah, I I was thinking of like watching the episode again and seeing the whole like surgery take place. It was kind of gross, like kind of gruesome. Like he basically made a whole it looks like a for reference uh uh krang, krang from turtles. Yeah, kind of looks like that kind of midsection, Ooh. but instead of a big brain, it's just a bunch of machinery. You know, it's kind of like, and you see it start pumping the blood and stuff. Like, you can see where the skin is like molded on to the to the metal, and like it's it's pretty gruesome. And it like there there are times where I think that I want to change some of my body parts into robotic parts, but like that that's rough. <laughs> Well, Josh, when was the last time that you saw the original Terminator? Uh, it's it's been a minute, but I do that. Yeah, that's I the know. it's true. The the pulling of the skin and the yeah, and that always freaked me out too, man. <laughs> yeah. But, Although I, I'll tell you, that scene inspired me to to learn how to do stitches on myself. So I, okay, save me some money. Yeah. It's just skin sewing. You're all right. Uh, for. <laughs> For reference to anyone listening in podcast land, I was a uh, a combat medic in the Navy. So, oh, yeah. that that makes sense. You also, I I hear you were also an extra in one of my favorite shows, Community. Before that, but oh, yes. Oh, okay, 
Okay. Really? What? Sweet. What episode? What? I'm uh, so obsessed I'm, with community. Like I'm that's pretty prominent in season one. If you look for the kid with the red backpack with the misfits patch on it, that's me. Bruh, I'm um, watching right now. All right, that's yeah. Se- season one. Also in the debate episode when the the yeah. guy goes flying in the wheelchair. There's mm-hmm. a there's a part where he does that, and then he goes, he hates me yet. He caught me. Man is good. And his school does this big cheer. And then it cuts to the Greendale side. And you see me just go. <laughs> and so, I, I, again, po- podcast people, I'm, I'm giving the finger to the, to the crowd that's cheering. The that's funny great. part to me is that I was just flipping someone off. I didn't know I was being filmed. <laughs> This this kid was getting really really into it and like saying like you know, City College rocks, Greendale sucks, and I was like, dude, like you're you're way too into this. And then I'm watching oh the episode, goodness. and there it is, I'm like, oh, they must have missed my finger. Interesting. And then, well, then my cousins were big fans of what I was doing, even though I didn't have a you know, I was just an extra. But they were like, hey, look, we saw you on TV, and they put me on their giant screen, <laughs> and my finger is a foot long. Like, all right, they they didn't miss awesome. that. Uh, That's cool. Clutch. So yeah, that is cool. <laughs> And I, I meant I did not mean to diminish the medic aspect because that is also very very. How long did you? How long were you a medic? Uh, five did five years. Okay. How much? I mean, I guess I can't really ask you that. But did you sew up a lot of people? I could. I did. I couldn't do it. Oh, I did. God, no way. So, but, so I, but, but myself, myself first because I took uh, <laughs> I took Firefly seriously. Like, your surgeon gets to cut on, but you know, you never you never been cut on. I didn't do this to myself. It happened, and then I happened to sew myself up. So, what branch? Navy. Nice. Attached to the Marine Corps. Your corpsman. Thank you. And a lot of people don't even know what that is, but when people do, it makes it a lot easier. I'm a I'm a medic here in Denver. Oh, excellent. So I get it. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, I I I really like. I respect the shit out of you guys because there's no way I could do that. Like, no way. I would throw up the second, like, I almost pass out when I poke my finger with a pencil. I, I couldn't. <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs> um, so, back to fake surgery and fake, surgery. fake things. Um, I really, really liked, and this is such a fun callback. I think it's a callback to A New Hope when, uh, gosh, he comes in and he says to Boba Fett, uh, uh, the, the mod mod boss, that's what I'm calling him. He says to Boba Fett, aren't you a little old to be here? Oh, like, I didn't even catch a, that. That's such a callback to you. Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? Like, but yeah. in Tatooine language, like I, I thought that was just a really fun little like Boba, Boba Fett kind of callback, you know, um, but also. You're fine. What Justin? I did. I oh. did not catch that at all. <laughs> I, I didn't get it while watching the three times that I did. Good eye, I, Josh. I Good eye. I, I was thinking. I was thinking that was just a uh, people are commenting. I see that all the time. Like, hey, isn't wasn't Boba a kid and and Fennec was just like an adult in in um, in Bad Batch? So why is he so much older than she is? I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's okay. okay. All right, so. For that timeline, Boba Fett was a kid in Clone Wars, yes. Bad Batch is set after Clone Wars. Boba Fett came into season three of Clone Wars, I believe. And he would have lit he was about twelve or thirteen in that. And then it would have been about five years later when you see Fennec, who which she was about 
22, 23. She was a young buck at that point. Yeah, we, we don't really see her young age. Bounty she, hunter. Could, she could be something else. Right. She was, she was really young. And uh, Boba Fett would have been about 18 or 19, I would say. 17 to 19 when she was about 22. So, considering Ming-Na Wen doesn't age, she's a vampire. I mean, you know, they, they're the same age. Well, wasn't last so, episode, or was it last episode we got introduced to the Rancor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Danny Trejo said, it imprints on the first human it sees. And like, I think that was the first time the word human is said in all of Star Wars. It it, think, it's, it stood out to me. Because I, I was like, you, I've never heard that before. I mean, you, you might be right, actually. I mean, it's uh, aside from like books, I know that humans are mentioned in books. Yeah, because you know uh, uh, Han Solo says like Wookies are known to you know pull people's arms out of their sockets. You hear people, you hear you right. hear this race and whatnot, but you never hear human. Oh, never so about and, that. and that just leads me into going like people from different planets age differently, probably. Fennec oh, Fennec sure. lived to be two hundred. Like I don't I don't know why we we I'm, you know are so worried about this. I mean, if we're talking <laughs> like, if we're talking like. Almost like real yeah. science, like that does make sense. The longer you spend in hyperspace is going to slow down your aging. Certain planets are going to have different rotations and gravitational fields, uh, and that's going to slow down your aging. When you're traveling yeah, through but... space, you're going to come near black holes, and that's going to slow down your aging. And but all let's those be honest, little seconds Star Wars. and milliseconds add up. Stop it. This isn't Star Trek. This is Star Wars. All of those planets and all of those things are on the same exact, like, whatever time. I don't know, man. Well, I feel I like mean, I feel like if I spent some time on Pluto, I'd age differently. Yeah, in real life. And this is Star Wars. <laughs> I wouldn't really judge Star Trek as my like prime go-to for like okay. what goes in space. Like they don't even. They don't even you go went to technical. a star. You, you went all technical about it. <laughs> to quote community, they should call it Planet Trek. They never actually visit a star. Oh, my God. Not one. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to agree with Chip because it, un, un, unlike, say, Firefly, where all the planets are terraformed to be Earths, these different planets will have different... Um, rotations and whatnot and I, th I think people would age differently so the fact that fennec all right it looks right. younger than boba fett but is probably older than boba fett just everyone shut up and watch the show you know I, yeah, okay that's fair I can, not everyone here i'm talking about i'm talking about the internet yeah. oh i can someone, uh, i i saw oh. this um sinister and gorgeous oh, in the oh, shirt and i'm like oh, oh, oh. yeah yeah what's up jesse? jesse jesse's in the chat good to see you jesse thanks for i thought he was gonna we, say we were just talking about you jesse's here i'm in trouble uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> okay he missed, he missed that whole conversation it's fine he didn't hear any of it love it um <laughs> i do like so okay i and i swear to god this is just a thing with mandalorian and now book of boba fett there's a montage in every single episode some sort of montage and this one was no different and it was the putting fennec machinery in and you know there's like he's they're playing that like star wars techno music which i i don't know if i'm a fan of all that yet i don't know if i like all that yet i mean okay let's let's show we can show different music ah, no uh, uh i just i don't know <laughs> 
I don't know how oh, I feel about the the crazy star techno. Let me, let me let me tie that one into one of my notes as well. Um, you, totally you've been calling way. him you've been calling him the mod doctor, and I think Fennec refers to the to the <laughs> right mod the mob mod boss. Um, doesn't Fennec refer to them as the mods later on as well? Yes, and that's what they kind of call themselves. They're just mods. Okay, um, the the mods was also like a 1970s. Uh, like trend in in britain if you've seen quadrophenia yes. and yes. they all wrote and they rode scooters like little prominently scooters. so yeah. i think that's a nice yeah. little callback to whoever's a fan of the who who's the, and i, I would i would probably guess it's george lucas i got castrated for the whole like calling those scooters out last week so i i would assume that george lucas would... I... oh yeah <laughs> Why? if i had been <laughs> glossing over that yeah. <laughs> no, glossing. No, okay, okay. Um anyway, last line on that the 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 mod boss, he's like Boba asks him, "You're not going to cover her up?" and he's like, "Cover up all that beautiful machinery?" That's I loved that because yeah. It is pretty cool. Like and and it would be jarring at first to wake up as Fennec and be like, "Oh my god," but I think over time you'd probably you know, people would look at you like you're some sort of badass. I feel like if you guys could replace any part of your body with with a machine, and don't be gross, don't be gross. What would you What would you do? Sincere, you say hands. My hands are. I'm I'm 33, but they feel like they're 50 from the work that I've been doing my entire life, and I, I could use another set of hands eventually because I got to keep working. Okay. okay. I'll Chip, some, what about maybe, you? maybe some joints too. Jo- yeah, joints, but yeah. actually joints before hands. I, I retract. I'll, <laughs> I'll take joints. Um, I like joints. Gosh, computer brain would be pretty dope. A brain, yeah, okay, that makes or sense. A back, a robot back, that would work. Lower Whoa. back, practical. Ju- Justin, what about you? Uh, I would want to be Jax for Mortal Kombat. I want new arms. Oh, the arms, okay, yeah. Going mm-hmm. with when uh with Sincera, like be having cool like bionic hands would be nice and practical. Might as well do the whole arm. Oh. And I'd I'd go on the other side and do legs, because then you could like modify them to jump really high. I, I guess I I do like shit. I like fitness. So like if I have robot arms, do I still need to, to like try? Or do I just have... <laughs> not with <laughs> so... no, you just you really just need to go to leg day. I'm always say Josh leg day. Skip leg day now. Don't skip leg day. <laughs> yeah, I have so. to go actually work out with my arms, but you can. You don't have to work out with your arms. You just got to do leg day, and that's you know that's fine. So I'll just I'll just like I said I'll take new joints, and so I can keep doing that. Yeah. Um. All know. all good answers. That those thanks for playing along, guys. That's great. Uh, Jesse says you guys had the Cantina Jam, but you don't like the Star Wars techno. LOL. Sincere, you make amazing points. Um, you are correct. I am not a fan of the Star Wars techno, and I think it's just because I, it doesn't belong. I don't feel like it belongs there. I and, thought it was a Prodigy song remixed, and I was kind of jarred by it. I was like, oh, this is like a real world song. Huh. <laughs> like, I I don't know. It, it sounded like Prodigy to me. I didn't hear it, but I, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm it's funny, you, Jesse. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. They've never really done that kind of music before in any movies or anything, even with like Rogue One or Solo or anything like that. 
I mean, Mando had different kind of music, but it was still Star Wars esque. It still fit kind of the things, which again, this music fits, of course, these that fits the mods and these people, but I just don't feel like it it fits in the whole story. I don't know. That's just my own, one of my very few complaints about this show and this episode. Um but Jesse asks, how many gadgets does Fennec have in her rifle? And that's actually my next point, because when they go to Jabba's palace to get the uh, the slave one, I'm calling it the slave one. I don't even care. I don't fire care. Sp- hey, it's a fire spray class. Its name is slave one. We've been through. We've Thank been you. down this road Thank before. You. Thank you. Why and is everyone I, freaking out? Everyone's trying to change it up. They're trying to get Tasty rid of the, the slave one name or whatever. But like, I'm still calling it the slave one. They can call it the fire class all they want, which I thought was strikingly similar to the Firefly class. It's very, somebody's a fan. It's it's very close. Um, yeah, it's it's all of your guys' fault too, by the way. <laughs> um, oh no, you you mean never mind. Let's see. Chip <laughs> says or Jesse says good call. Chip, so you feel the sound of it was inconsistent with the setting? Yes, I, I would I I would agree with Chip if that's what he's saying. <laughs> I felt. Yeah, a little bit. Like, it felt jarring having, like, an actual... Like, because to me, it started playing, and I, like, recognized it as Prodigy. And so I was like, oh, it's kind of weird having, like, a actual song here. Like, it was, it definitely sounded different and remixed, but, like, if you go back and watch the modification scene and listen to that song, it's that very, like, distinct, like... That whole Trisket. But like, yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, huh, that's weird, weird choice. Actually, I had a sci-fi related question for all of you guys, as well as the chat. Okay. I was noticed what what got I was especially after listening to, you know, um, twist my arm and some and measuring the score. A lot of sci-fi has a lot of keyboard based music, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to like rock and roll. Like they use a lot of deep purple themes or um uh, what's that other one? Oh, it's my, my mind is jumping around like Patriot, not Patriot Red. That'll come to me anyway. But it just it, to me, it, I think they use a lot of keyboard rock because anyone piloting a ship kind of looks like this while they're piloting the ship. They very few actually have a steering wheel, so it kind of fits with the if we're gonna ride through space, like we're gonna jam on some keyboard, and <laughs> yeah, so. I think, that, I think that works out really well. What song and am I thinking of? Jesse agrees with you. Keyboards and synth are key to sci-fi. Now, I I would agree with that, but again, the, these keyboards and synth were just too much. It was too much. It was too, uh, like, what, what's the what's the dubstepy for me? Don't no, too, no. Too I don't know. What the, I don't know what it is, and I don't want to hear what you have to say. I. That's all that's all I'm going to say cuz I'm moving on to Fennec's gadgets which my first one is awesome because it's a mini mall. I'm calling it the mini mall because it's <laughs> it's like Darth Maul's little like tracker that she sends through but it's really tiny and it kind of looks like a thermal detonator but it also right. flies and gathers all the information and I thought that was really really cool. That was probably my favorite Fennec gadget. Did you guys have a favorite a favorite Fennec gadget, that Justin, because I want you, it. Since, since, okay, Justin, 
Sorry, I jumped ahead. Not really. I just like how it's a cool, big-ass rifle that she uses at close range. It you looks didn't... like a sniper from a, a distance, and she uses it. But like in this episode, you see her like just shoot from the hip and get him straight in the chest or head. Oh, I'm just talking about her gadgets. So she's got her sniper that has her knives in it. She's got her thermal, her her mini mall, and then she's got her like <laughs> her thermal uh, bolt cutters that she cuts open the the store uh, storm drain with or whatever. Do you, and then do you not have, have a knife in your sniper rifle, Josh? I, I mean, I'm I'm currently carving it into the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a gun. <laughs> what? <laughs> Me? No way. Um, but yeah, I I really like that the mini mall. But I also I really like how she utilized her her little like thermite cutter. The intrepid the... DM has entered the chat. Mm-hmm. Oh oh no. And Phil has also entered the chat. Hello, Phil and Intrepid. I thought he DM. was the Intrepid DM. Did I get it wrong? No, no, no. The Intrepid DM is Roy. Who might oh crap! I'm sorry, Phil. Phil, uh, he was in. Uh, he was in uh, Sunburn Inevitable last week. He said he. I initially thought of the torture droid when I saw the mapper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I oh, like. Yeah, the... I'm sorry. Sorry. Go for it. No, your your point led me to one of my original points where. She does when she does the cut through the storm droid drain, uh, and she turns back and she just gives Boba a look. And to me, I was like, that would have been a great time for who needs a lightsaber. And then earlier, when Boba was bringing her into the to the mod boss, and you know he says he says his quick piece, and then he says, you know, aren't you? You know, he says what he says, and then Boba drops the coins on the table and says, this woman is dying. And why did you just say that? And I felt like we could have addressed Boba not talking that much. All he had to do was drop the coin bag on the table and say nothing else. And the guy would have been like, Oh, why didn't you just say that? (laughs) And so the fact that they're giving him more lines and taking away what Fennec would, you know, I feel like she would have a nice little quip for that. Like, I don't need a lightsaber. I got this. So I I appreciate that. She just kind of turned around and gave him a look, but she had some pretty good, uh, some some pretty good one-liners in this though, for sure um no finer and and i think i think i love that <laughs> because i westerns like you know most westerns you gotta have some awesome one-liners right at least one an episode and this one we definitely and i want to i want to save it for when we actually talk about it because that is my absolute favorite scene of this whole series so far um but before we get there we have to get the ship and this whole like uh, would you call it an incursion? I guess um, was pretty awesome, and they had to fight uh, General Grievous, the cook. <laughs> General Grievous has fallen on hard Love times. Cook. He's cooking in Jabba's palace, <laughs> but he's he's still got the skills. Um, I I really like that that whole scene with the cook droid and the little rat catcher, the left droid. All, all of that stuff was was and just I- fantastic. If you watch it with the subtitles on, when they're talking to each other, it says Chef Droid and Sue Chef Droid. And I was like, oh, the detail. Look at that. He's... Uh, I did not notice bad. that, but that's that's wonderful. They, they actually put that detail in. Hey, at least they know. At least they know their kitchen etiquette. That's wonderful. And um, uh, I, I have bad news for Jesse. He just gave me a nice compliment in the chat. But this is my last week 
before I go back to night school, and Ooh. I might not even be able to join the chat, the live chat, much less be on the show. So, so hey, if you need if you need someone else tomorrow, Jesse, that's my last night to ever do that until June. So, you know, it's funny we say that because we might just be in the neighborhood for that, and we will have to definitely reach out. I know Jesse will. Can I wear the same <laughs> shirt? Yeah, totally. No, just flip it around. Wear it. Uh backwards so we can see the back of it tomorrow <laughs> yeah that's our season one sudden but inevitable shirt if you're listening on podcast land you can join us live every thursday for quest me <laughs> at 7 7 30 mountain standard time um and join us in the chat you can see all of our wonderful faces and the cool shirts that we are wearing since is wearing a sudden but inevitable rewatch t-shirt um that uh he purchased from our store which is wonderful and we thank you for that so much you can catch sunburn inevitable rewatch every friday at 8 30 p.m mountain standard time uh we this season are talking about the live action cowboy bebop um which was canceled after one season so pay your artists people pay them so yes (laughs) yes please um but moving on from there plugs i always gotta throw plugs in there because that's that's how i live my life um I did. I did like this whole scene. I, I feel like, aside from the rat catcher and the cooks, the the other awesome part was we got to see what a gonk droid actually does and what it is actually there for. And it is just to explode. It's just like in a video game when you <laughs> that have is a barrel. Crap. That is crap. You shoot. <laughs> you shoot any other gonk droid in the video game, it just gonk, and it dies. That blew my fucking mind when I saw that blow up. I was just like, no way. No way. But it makes sense. It, is, it makes sense. It's, it's just, a power droid. It's just a blue barrel from uh, any <laughs> video game ever. <laughs> Shooting, it blows up. Right? I thought, every, I thought everything in every video yeah. game just blows up when you shoot it. So <laughs> Most of the time. Pretty much. Gonk. I did say gonk. Um, yeah, see, there you go. Jesse says, brutal. We may need someone tomorrow, actually. Ha ha, I will DM. Yeah, slide into them DMs. Um, hey, hey, hey. I heard that's got a different connotation nowadays. You can't do that to me. <laughs> well, in podcast land, it just means we need you to be a guest. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard that elsewhere. Hang on. Is my wife listening? I don't know. Put a DM you on your Twitter. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I loved watching the slave one boot up in this scene and like and I loved watching Boba Fett trying to get used to it again. You know, you could tell that he hadn't flown in a while. And it was right. it was magical. I, I thought that it was kind of a good I don't know, like a good get get familiar with your ship again scene. You know what I mean? Is this where you're gonna talk about the timeline or are we saving that for later? we're just about there we're just okay. about there we could talk about it now though did you want to we could do it we're we're about at that point now because next he goes to the sarlacc pit right yes and that's my favorite scene of like everything right now yeah, <laughs> so. but, and that's what that's when he says it. he says that's where i was trapped all those years ago and did not make sense so it, it hasn't has it actually been verbally established in universe that mando takes place five years after the empire or is that just what people gathered and could this it baby has, be it, one year it was it was convert it was confirmed by the creators okay. it's seven years after and i i'm almost positive that they mention at some point that the empire had fallen x amount of years ago i i'm 
almost positive that they mention it in Mandalorian. There um, is a, there is a flashback to with uh, Cobb Van, and they're watching the Death Star explode. But I don't remember if they said when that was when like how many years ago this was. Yeah. Because so if, basically, if Boba is like sitting in that Sarlacc pit for a few years, like I'm not buying that's that. That's what I thought, man. That's no, exactly and, what I thought. And and here's here's. I mean, again, I'm I'm 95% sure that at the beginning of this season, when Boba Fett crawls out of the Sarlacc pit, the sail barge is still on fire. Like the wreckage is still burning a little bit okay. or smoking. And so it's it's like days after, maybe a couple days after. Because, A, I mean, you, you can, best car is only going to help you so much. I mean, your your neck's going to burn. Your legs are going to burn. You know, every, everything's going to go away. Like, it's gone. And it, and it so, did look like he was going to that stormtrooper to get, like, air or something. Yes. And so it was, it wasn't was definitely like, getting yeah. air. Okay. So um, that, that, that did make more sense. So he was, and so, so, so Jesse says he was with his customs for years. Yes. He was with them for about five years. Five, five or five years, and then he was a nomad for another two years, basically on his own, like trying to get his ship back and all that for about two years. Um, and then that's when he ran into Fennec because that would have been about the time. It's about seven years later in Mandalorian, and that would have been about the time when Boba Fett actually walked up to Fennec. So, so basically, the flashback is the seven years between Return of the Jedi and Mandalorian. And then anything after the flashback is set directly after season two of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which would have been, I think, two years, maybe. I'm not. I'm not positive. Because when, when I saw the the promo for the episode, I was like, really? I honestly thought they would show him walking up to Fennec as like almost the the penultimate season or something like like it would happen way down the line and we'd have a whole five years of what Boba did in the desert. But I guess there's just not much to do in a desert. So no. they just and, skip it. And it was it was mainly there to for me, I, I think it was mainly there just to establish the family aspect for Boba Fett to to realize that you're better off with a tribe, which I love that line mm-hmm. when he talks when he's talking to Fennec and said, you know, she's like, Oh, the Tuscans have, have ruined you. And he's like, No, they, they saved me. Uh, yeah, it made you soft. And he's like, No, I'm actually stronger. I I realize that you know you're nothing without your tribe. And and that is kind of the premise of this episode is he's he's getting a family together. He's getting a tribe together because he's stronger with them to fight the Pikes, which we'll get into that, too. I got a, I got a fun little thing later. Um, Phil brings up Aftermath established the timeline for Cobb Vanth. Yes, um, there's a very small excerpt in, I believe, the second book of the Aftermath trilogy where it talks about Cobb Vanth. Um, in the Boba Fett armor. Hmm. And that I believe was also set seven years after. I I I, I th- it's been a while since I've read the aftermath books. Um but they're all right. They're fine. I I might read them again just for reference. But so, um that always just made me wonder because he found that armor in the the Jawa crawler and they never of, sold yeah. they never sold that in seven years. Those greedy little well, bastards. <laughs> Like I feel I like mean, they would have melted that down or sold it or or done something. I guess they probably didn't know what it was. You know how many Jawas Boba Fett has probably killed? Yeah. <laughs> or or like, we're gonna was... keep this as a trophy. We killed him. Or Vanth was running around with the armor for some time. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay. I just would have appreciated like a SpongeBob five years later. 
five years later. One. Yeah, but but they're later. leaving it to us, the fans, to decipher all that stuff because they know that we're, we're gonna going dig to. into things and get crazy about it. So, um, that's that's the timeline though. I I hope that helps. Uh, that's that's as far as like I know. Like, uh, that's about the range. You know what I mean? It's it might not be the exact years, but it's you know five to seven years something like that so i mean we already live we live in a time where a big hollywood movie like spider-man homecoming can get something so blatantly wrong and then they retcon (laughs) it later on so it's like if if someone at one point said seven years and decided you know what no let's make it two i'm not gonna complain because (laughs) i have a you know i can just think my way through it like yeah enjoy what Um, we're getting people yeah (laughs) i hate twitter aside from you guys so (laughs) That's okay. I, I mean, Twitter's fine. I'm just so bad at, I'm so bad at Twitter. But, Chip, what did you think about seeing the Slave One kind of have some some flaws, some design flaws? Philip brought up a good point. Phil brought up a good point about it was cool to see the design flaws in the Slave One. What did you think about that when it's trying to get out of the palace? It well, how you can't like get your guns angled the way you need them to at certain times. Like, I don't know. It's always been, it's always been a really weird design. How you have to like throw yourself in upside down to like take off. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely weird. Yeah. (laughs) And like the shape of it too. Like if you're trying to take off out of a hanger, like, most hangar doors are wider than they are tall. But he's just like, nah, forget that. I thought it was weird. Like, how did he get in there? That's the most incredible park job I've ever seen. Because you're like, you're coming in at an angle. And you have to, like, make sure that you're not hitting that ceiling. You know what I mean? And then and then when, you're, when he was trying to open the guns in both scenes, in this scene, and then when he's at the Sarlacc pit and he's trying to get the guns going, you saw a lot of... You know, slave one design flaws. Two things I can think of there is that, yeah. Well, (laughs) if we have those now, why not? Um, Did did they tow it in there after they thought he was dead and said, "Hey, we're we're keeping this," or did he actually park in there to deliver Han Solo and just never left? Well, he wouldn't have because he he parked in there to deliver Han Solo and he stayed there for the the whole party shindig and then Luke showed up and he was there already. There's another timeline issue because that was supposed to be a year. Like, what was he doing? Just hanging out in the palace? Probably. Yeah. He's still. I mean, I, yeah. Glossing. He's probably staying for free, partying for free, banging all the. He Twi'leks did deliver Han Solo. Yeah, he, I mean, he's probably a celebrity around those parts at this yeah. at that point. You know, like, oh my gosh, he delivered Solo in carbonite. Oh, yeah. You can have whatever oh, you oh, want, oh, Mister oh. Fett. <laughs> yeah yeah because the carbonite was super unique like vader had to literally test it on solo like right. they didn't even know if it was gonna work so like that's like a very unique trophy for the java to have and, and i think java was after han for some time too so i guess yeah okay i can see that that he was hanging out for that year and he was like i made i made enough money for the next you know however long so i'll just chill here and be a bodyguard for a little bit Boba also, this, it, it also like, explains how he he got famous on Tatooine. Is like he was Jabba's like right hand guy or or Jabba's guy hunter. for yeah for some yeah. time. 
Jesse says, well, the ship is designed for, like, you know, space. Yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever, but still. <laughs> you gotta Boba land on a big old turbulent. space station in space, too. Yeah. Justin, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, Boba Fett made the freezing and carbonite cool, because in the first season of Mando, true. that's how he brought him in. Cold. Yeah. Okay. That was a good line. Fair. Yeah. It's true. Um, Ooh, hey, speaking of Mando, did in season two, I think episode one, isn't there a dead Sarlacc? Yeah. And it was uh it was horizontal rather than vertical. Right. Because yep. they, they yep. said that the, the crate dragon like ate it, but maybe it got sound wave bombed, which yes, anytime that happens, I am a gleeful little fanboy. But it, but that it got hurt, and then that crate dragon's like, "Hey, look, easy Sarlacc pit, chomp." See, uh, and I always wondered back in the Legends days, the Sarlacc was like one entity on Tatooine that popped up in different areas. I, as far as I understand, I could be wrong there, but I feel like they described it as a tunnel system of Sarlaccs that went through Tatooine, basically. Mm. And so I feel like this is kind of. Obviously, legend is not legit anymore, but those base bombs, one of the best. Yes. Oh, my God. The Sarlacc design, a combination of the original and the remaster. Yes, absolutely. Let's just get there. Okay, let's just get there. Remix. Oh, my God. Because first, first we get to see Boba Fett take the Slave One and just go annihilate all of those riders, which, I mean, that was pretty cold-blooded, but I get it. Th those guys did, you know, they destroyed his his family so like you know he and he messed him up he messed yeah. him up he shot the leaders with a missile he's like i'm gonna make sure that you're dead he sprayed <laughs> fire on him yeah well you know one thing i gotta say i appreciate about that is that westerns as a as a as a genre have often rom they've romanticized we don't shoot anybody in the back and i'm like uh read a book everyone shot everyone in the back because that was the way to kill people and boba fett is the guy who's like yeah I, i'll shoot people in the back it's the smarter thing to do i'm gonna come up behind these bikers and i'm gonna annihilate them in their weak spot duh and, and didn't it kind of look like someone coming up behind a bunch of people on horses like it was such a, a western mm -hmm. theme like the horses uh-oh time for bed the horses <laughs> running through you know like like a big prairie or whatever and like it's a big gang of horses and then like mm -hmm. a stagecoach pulls up real quick and just starts blasting everyone like that's it's it's so western it's it's great mm -hmm. like the I've, I've said it forever and i know like jesse has said it too but mandalorian and boba fett now have been bringing the space western back to star wars in in a phenomenal way and in a really fun way too so i'm, I'm i enjoy See, that but Sorry, Chip, see, it's funny. It made me think of uh, it made me think of a mafia movie. Cause he just like rode up and did a drive by and just like <laughs> bra, bra, bra. I mean, the yeah. mafia is the mafia is like a western set in a city, like usually. Yeah. So yeah, so he just like came up and drove drove by little spray spray. Those like yeah. Jesse is correct. He is still like, Boba uh, goshed and or darn fet. Um, and he does disintegrate people constantly. And, you know, it's probably hard to get rid of that vengeful side right. of things. 
those riders have no idea why that happened either. If they're <laughs> they have no idea why that happened. Like they took out some random Tuscans and all of a sudden this fire spray just like descends from the sky, just like bah, 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 bah. like Jesus. They're like, what done? Just like I don't know who we pissed off, but <laughs> the Tuscans. You pissed off the Tuscans is who you pissed off. But they didn't know. Um even, so, if they, even if they saw the slave one coming at them, they wouldn't have known why. They didn't know that Boba Fett was hanging out there. He's not Bo- he like, wasn't Boba Fett yet. I feel like that's a pretty famous ship, though. And, but, but, well, they no, they wouldn't have known it was him, the but Tuscans. they didn't know oh, why. That's true. That's true. Like, yeah. oh, look, hey, that's true. is that Boba Fett coming at us? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Hmm. What did, what did you do, Jerry? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who'd you piss off now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesse asks, since Sarah, did you see TRP trip trip kick in the credits? She's doing costumes on FET and started on Mando. No, I did not. Mm. And I don't know who that is. Womp womp. Um, to the Sarlacc pit, though, to the best scene of this entire series, I think. First of all, when they pull up that that little like thing that he does where he tilts love you, slave one. Oh, I should have muted. Oh well, I love you guys too. <laughs> but he he tilts the 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 ship to look at the Sarlacc pit, and it's such a cool shot where he's like looking down, you know, and he's like, "This is where I was all those years ago." And first of all, I was instantly reminded of Family Guy: Return of the Jedi when Brian is looking down at a butterfly in one of the chicken walkers, and he's like, "Plow!" and like shooting. You know, it, it's, for whatever reason, it reminded me of that. And that's kind of what I thought he was going to do was just start like he already went after the bikers. Now he's just going to go spray this this Sarlacc pit and destroy it. But no, it was much better than that. And we got a Jurassic Park style kind of scenario here. Yeah. Like he gets really close to it. And then, man, OK. First, let me let me preface this with when I was a kid, the Sarlacc pit terrified me like for quicksand always scared me. And the Sarlacc pit was like quicksand times a million, you know, and it, it always like before even before the, the remasters or the special editions, that thing scared me just that open mouth, you know, and then being an eight, nine-year-old kid that watches the special editions and they add that the tentacles and the mouth that pops up and all that crazy shit. Like, it was terrifying. And I really think that they did a wonderful job making it just as terrifying in this scene. Justin, what do you think? Were you, like, scared of this, Sarlacc, again? Or were you just kind of like, that, uh, it's the dumb face again? It was the dumb face again, man. I was... At first, I was so hoping that they got rid of it. They weren't going to bring back that whole mouth and chomper and everything. But then they did, but it caught me off guard. They brought it back in a cool way. It was more of a jump thrill than anything. Chip, do you have anything? Yeah. Because I, I have two things if you want to go first. Uh, I I thought it was impressive that the tentacles held down a starship. Like, it's... He was like full reversing and this thing's just holding it in place that's pretty impressive and then uh i thought he cut his way out of it and killed it like i thought he had already killed that thing i think he just got himself out of it 
because yeah, it like it's a giant he, he slug already... thing. It could, it could survive a one little hole. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Like he okay. just—it's like a little bug that ate his way out, you know. And he was he was good. I mean, because even looking at the sarlacc, like there's a dead tentacle laying there too, and that's got to be the tentacle that Han shot to save Lando. It was just kind of there, you know. And I I, I feel like and and again, I feel like the sarlacc is a lot bigger mm-hmm. than anybody really realizes. Like it's. What? I think it was once a giant sea creature that adapted to the the sand. Sand, yeah, like like yeah. a like a tremor in a way, but like like really long tremor, you know, that kind of goes through the sand. But Sincero, you had you said he had two points. So uh, first was when he approaches it and you see just the hole in the sand. I'm like, oh, cool. They actually they they got rid of they retcon the the special edition beak, and then when it came up, I was like, okay. Like I, I like that it it did it was it retreated in because no one was hovering over it to feed it, whereas when they showed up, it was like, hey, something's here, something's here. What you got? What you got? And so yeah. it, it made sense that it was like sleeping because why not? And then my second point would be um, another push towards getting twist my arm to to watch Briscoe County Junior again because it's a one it's a one season sci fi western that was canceled. And uh, that show had me terrified of quicksand as a kid. I thought quicksand was everywhere. Okay. Because <laughs> this, this guy literally, like, literally, they, I think it's, I can't say. I've, no, I've, I've, never, I've never seen that. Is that the one with Bruce Campbell? Bruce Campbell is a cowboy. Okay. And, and okay. He's, got a, he's got a sidekick that's a, that's a doctor wizard that's invent, like inventing electricity and tasers and all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic. There's a whole bunch of famous actors in it that are, that are big today still. And, Jesse, yeah, put and, it on the list. Yeah. I, I've, been, I've been telling Jesse to put it on the list, but no one listens to me. I'm just a fan. Would, um, to, to be fair, that. we get a we get a lot of suggestions for Sunbo Inevitable, which is really awesome, and I love getting the like hearing that. But, but how many? We have a lot of how many one through. season sci fi westerns are there, Josh? How many? Not not a sh- not a lot. <laughs> this is one of them. It and it's fantastic too. I would definitely like rewatch that. <laughs> It is. It is, and and unfortunately, you missed your window a little bit because it was free on IMDb TV, and now you have to pay for it. So, I, I, I tried to tell you. There's ways around that. We I'm sure elaborate, though. Someone's got to have a VHS tape somewhere. There you go. Um, this this back to back to the Sarlacc pit because a lot of my a lot of my names I love. I love this because a lot of my screen names on video games and such is Sarlacc Killer right boba fett because i always i always thought i always read in legends that boba fett killed the sarlacc and it kind of it was awesome but it kind of ruined it because now it's fennec that kills the sarlacc so okay cool but like damn (laughs) (laughs) i i did really that and the way that she did it too, it was like she was guessing. She's like, "Oh, this beeping thing. I should probably hit that and see what happens." She hits it, and then all of a sudden, you see that seismic charge come out, which, to me, is one of my favorite bombs in all of Star Wars, or like favorite weapons, I guess, in all yeah, of Star yeah. Wars. That and makes the prequels worth it. Like whatever you have yeah. to say about the prequels, the invention of that weapon is the best. 
episode two episode two was definitely that that saved episode two <laughs> just that one little bomb and and seeing that thing explode and then not only seeing it explode but hearing fennec and just just so passionately just like fire in the hole like throwing it down there and then you see the the waves the seismic waves just go through the sand and that upper that top shot of of the the slave one sitting there and the the sound waves going through incredible what uh what did you guys Don't think touch of my buttons of, 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 yeah, <laughs> um were you surprised to see the seismic bomb come out or were you more like okay typical or more just ecstatic to see it again let's start with sincera um i think it's going to be the new mando flamethrower where it was like once per episode we're using the mando flamethrower i think once per season we're going <laughs> to get a base bomb because when it happened last season on mando my friends and i we all went yes! even even before it even went off it was like it, the trap door opened up it was like no and then yeah i can't even i wish i could imitate that's, it but that's no. got to be a fet specialty it right? is, yeah so the fact that and it's especially to the point where fennec knew what that button was she's like did, did she know though or did she take a guess she guessed ah. she guessed tough she call guessed. tough call i'd like to think that she knew she don't she you want to hit the blinking flashing button and it's you know it's it's never it's never possible. push the red button kid <laughs> never what i told you not to push the red button push the little red button so oh, let's see let's men see in black deep cut i might be able to find it well while we're all waiting chip which well wow. Seismic charges. Stand by. I just want to hear. I just want to hear the sound. Come on. I will edit that down for the podcast just to make that sound because I love it, and it should be in everything. Um, and I do love that point of we should put the seismic charges in every single season at one point in time. Wait, I'm confused. That um. That was like the fight between Obi Wan and Django, right? It's the same, 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 same bomb though. Yeah, they're in space though, aren't they? Same ship. How do we even hear Shut it? Shut up! Oh. <laughs> okay. Not everyone got it right. Okay, one side trolls doing right. troll things over there. God. Just as I suspected, a Shatner fan. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that that's Wait, to me that's no the best can hear you <laughs> to me that's the best scene of this series so far is the the seismic charge getting dropped into the sarlacc pit and them just going yeah bye-bye so now we know the fate of the sarlacc which is pretty tight i feel like that was a pretty good fate for that guy um i'm, now, gonna, watch, going, I'm gonna watch that episode of mando and I'm, I'm gonna put in the if i make it to next week i'm gonna put it in there and say like hey if we watched it this is what it was you know it looks like it's the same thing that's a cool little um continuity thing yeah. do it do it see i um, thought there was a huge hole with uh how the seismic charge goes off because we see in episode two it just decimates everything around it and then the ship is point blank when it drops it into its mouth. No, the Why didn't the ship... swallows it. 
mm-hmm. swallows but it. But still, it's like what? 50 feet away. When this thing destroys asteroids. Yeah, well, I feel like they probably had shields on the slave one, and I also feel like... <laughs> now, hear me out. Hear me out. Because I feel like the digestive track of the Sarlacc goes down like this. It just goes straight like that. Because when Boba Fett comes out of the sand, out of the stomach or whatever, he's like 50 yards in like a head, right? He's like 50 yards away from the actual Sarlacc pit. Okay. But it's still fairly close to the surface, so I feel like it goes away really quick, you know? So if he swallowed it and the charge didn't go off right away, because the charge obviously takes about, you would say, what, five seconds to go off? Ten seconds to go off, maybe, depending on something whatever it's also a creature in the sand that survives off like one happenstance meal like every couple years so it's got to be it's got to be tougher than it looks so absorbing a bomb blast i could see that an asteroid is just a rock in space you can hit that with a hammer it'll fall apart yeah well anything that's going to be tunneling is going to have a super thick skin Especially if we're thinking that it used to be a sea creature. So, like, to withstand the crazy-ass pressure of, like, super deep water, uh, it's got to have a super thick hide. So, I mean, a blast does have to get through a pretty good chunk of a pretty solid material. There would definitely be some tertiary damage to uh, Slave 1, but it survived. It's a tough little ship. Yeah. Um, I do... mm it was cool to see that and it was kind of it was cool to see the end of of that sarlacc story you know this this whole little nomad story it might not be the end but to me it, it kind of seemed like it was the conclusion because you know they get the ship um and and this whole episode or at one point in the episode i guess boba's like you know i am not the same i'm not as effective without my armor and so you know he gets a ship first now he went on his quest to get his armor with Fennec, going to find Mando. Like, you know, basically as soon as they kill the Sarlacc and have their little conversation about tribes, they take off to go get his armor. So that's when we, that's when Boba Fett meets up with Mando in season two. Yeah, season two. And then, you know, kind of the rest is history. So Moving, moving on from there, we get out of the back to tank and well, holy do think, cow! Do you think there's gonna be some more in between? You don't think there's gonna be any more flashbacks? I don't no. I don't think so. I, I think if they are, it's gonna be very minimal. Um, it, it's not gonna be like the like we have for the last four episodes. Oh, he did. The droid did say you are completely healed, so he's completely not completely healed. He's not gonna be dreaming anymore. Okay, exactly. I, I, it I really filled in all the holes that at least the fans were wanting to, there. Okay. And for any other hole that people are whining about, they'll just write comics for it. We all know that. So, I, you know, we, we went into this. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be five seasons of uh, the first five seasons of Arrow, where he's flashing back to a different different stage of his life for the for the five years. And I'm I'm I, that's what I thought. I'm kind of glad now we're away from that because you know some, I I liked Arrow's Arrow. execution. I liked Arrow's execution of that for the first couple seasons. I feel like they did a good job kind of incorporating like you know the the flashbacks with the the real time or the present day and then i i liked arrow a lot for the first what you say four seasons oh uh, no here. i say if you if you erase four perfect show and then stop it at the end of five perfect 
I'd agree with you on that one wholeheartedly yeah. for sure. First three seasons were incredible. Fourth was eh, and then fifth did a really good job. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you're gonna watch Arrow, definitely do it that way. And I, I uh, did. I skipped, I skipped six and seven, and I, I watched the the final season because I wanted to see how it ended, and and not not bad. But at the same time, was, like I'm, I'm jumping into season eight without seeing six and seven, and I was able to catch myself up perfectly. I'm like, okay, so what were you guys doing for two years? Not much. Nothing cool no it was a waste of time and every and every, was, time, every time his uh his of age daughter like fired off her bow and the the hair flew it was like oh i've never been in love with a blonde before that's nice <laughs> i did i i was not a fan of that and i'm not going to spoil anything but it, it the show was wonderful for the first little bit same with the flash but we won't go there we're going to go back to present day mas espa where Boba Fett comes out of the back to tank with MF eyebrows, Justin brought that up. Do he is that is that how you know you're fully healed? Is when you actually have eyebrows? Did he not have eyebrows for the first couple episodes? I'm pretty yeah. sure he was like eyebrowless because I always thought he looked weird. I'm like, oh, it's just the acid, and we discussed that the first episode. You, someone said it's just acid, so it, like his skin's reforming. And then eventually, like when it said, uh, you're fully healed, back to tank is complete. I'm like, oh, he has eyebrows. That was it. <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. No, he's got eyebrows in episode two. Nah, <laughs> nah, bro. He does. They're not as thick. They're Dude. slowly growing in. No, I, I don't <laughs> think that's true at all. Oh, that's a great great shot there you go look he's got yeah, eyebrows, you go. eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode chapter two that's come on now he's got eyebrows those are, he started those back shadows. <laughs> but that but that it is a good point to bring up he is fully healed so we probably are not going to see any more flashbacks which means we're going to get all present day action which i am extremely excited for because it seems like they're building up to a crazy war um this uh this fun scene at the end with with everyone having dinner sitting down and having dinner um i i really oh, think oh, hey, that hey, you're, you're, you're skipping there's the what am i skipping he, I he goes he goes to get uh chrysanthemum oh that's right i'm sorry it's right in my yeah. notes right there <laughs> it goes my here here's my notes i skipped i don't know how i skipped it did boba's uh eyebrow eyebrows grow back is that real i had to do you know some research <laughs> Um, and then the, the second line is Kersantan is a madman, which absolutely this this Wookiee was man, another just awesome scene. He's drunk bar fight. It's another like Western callback. And he, and where there's the crazy guy. Yeah, the crazy guy just sitting in the bar in the saloon <laughs> and he's just staring at some some dude that he's had a grudge against or or some dude that's in a gang that he you know feuds with or whatever do, do we just, have knowledge of that does he have trandoshan yes um, so trandoshans actually in episode one or two of this season the leader of the trandoshans walks up with a wookie pelt as um their tribute oh and here's okay. a wonderful wookie pelt trandoshans hunt wookies for like sport and so right. for Kersantan right. to see a bunch of these Trandoshans in the bar, he's like, what the F? He's like, 
I got no job right now. I'm bored. I'm about to rip some sockets out of some arms. Like I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much about it. Let's let Justin talk about this because I know you were really excited to see a, a Wookiee really do Wookiee things. Oh. Well, what did you think about this whole bar scene? Like he was just menacing at the table. He would look at him, be all angry, take a giant gulp, and then keep drinking. And eventually, like, we got to see what a Wookiee is truly capable of. He just goes ape on everyone, starts punching people, picking people up. And then at the very end, that one guy that just slaps the ball. <laughs> oh, I'm right. He, like, breaks the neck. Oh, man, it's crazy. And, yes, the bottle. Yeah, he, he breaks the bottle against uh, BK. And then he's like, what? Did this fly really just try this shit with me? And wonderful. It rips his wonderful. arm off. Yes, but before he rips his arm off, you have uh you have Garza coming in uh, Twilight, yeah, and yeah. trying to like convince him not to. Like she's I feel like I thought she did a good job. I thought she did a good job. And I feel like if this was Chewie or any of the Wookiees that we've really met in Star Wars, she probably would have talked him down a little bit. But this dude is a cold blooded killer. He was a gladiator. Yeah. that killed people for sport so like and and he just got paid probably a shit ton of money from the huts you know so he's just he's like I, a bar tab you you think i give a shit about a bar tab yeah okay and did, just rips that dude's arm off did he Wonder. you think he got paid because they turned him in as tribute you think they just like kind of canceled that account I think they probably paid him before. I think uh, that they were already already paying him, and he's he's Kersantin. He's a fierce bounty hunter that ha- most likely has money saved up, just like Boba Fett has money saved up, as he mentioned. You know, money is no problem or whatever. Like I, oh, have that money. that I believe. I just didn't believe the Huts paid him if they were going to be like, no, we're going to give you as a tribute. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're fat slobs. We can do what we and want. It's, and it's possible. Yeah. Maybe maybe Kersantin's just really good with saving money and the, the whatever the huts paid him before he still got some left over you know that i don't get guess. that vibe from that kind of guy he's not a very thrifty wookie no i mean he when just, you just he, rip he paid, for the, he paid for the right to to not put the guy down he's like no i came here to rip up rip some sockets <laughs> out of arms and i'm gonna do it i don't care how much it costs me <laughs> i'm the whole here. reason i came here was to do that <laughs> <laughs> And another another sweet uh, a new hope reference there, the shoulder lying on the floor, as the band just begins to play music again, as as if nothing happened, was a sweet callback to the cantina scene when Obi Wan cuts off the arm. Yeah, Max Greedo is like, this is just what I do now. Yeah, dude, I was just about to say that. Like, Max is not phased. He's seen so many people get slaughtered in front of him. Like, Play the same song. <laughs> like, oh, wait, they're getting their arms ripped off? I need a drink. I got to piss real quick. I'll be right back. Max Greedo is the uh, he's the murder she wrote. Everywhere she goes, someone someone dies. Like, stop coming to our town. It's like, we can't have Max Greedo playing in our bar. Someone's going to get their arm something. Like, it just keeps yeah. happening. And, uh, oh, so wait, Max, was it's, it Max, it's, it's Max, Max uh, Greedo on the sail barge? It's it's Max Rebo, by the way. I just want to. Sorry, Greedo is the other character. <laughs> yeah, my bad. No, first. Weren't I just they like on the sail barge though? 
Uh, were they not? I think they were. Because there's no. music, there's music Negative. on the sail barge. They were on the, uh, they were in the actual palace, but they okay. were not on the sail barge when it went out for all of its festivities. Damn! Now I have to watch Return of the Jedi again to find out if you're wrong. Ah! Right. Oh, Fact checker. Let me know, please, because I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. If I'm you are wrong, who's going to kill Wars the musicians? Knowledge. I mean, the, the ship blowing to pieces. That would have been no. Luke and Leia. I, that would have been the twins. Yeah. <laughs> They're bad. Um, they kill They're a bad. lot of people, if you think about it. They, they do. They really do. They That's do not care. Fest. Let's. I don't want to. I don't want to get into another. How many people were on the Death Star discussion? Because that <laughs> just goes on forever. Guys, I, I gotta um, tell you, I was I was supposed to be on the Death Star. No, man, you can't do that to yourself. I was supposed <laughs> to be there. There was space traffic. Come on, man, you can't you can't keep bringing yourself down like this. Uh, so Garza tries to stop the Wookiee from pulling out the sockets in the arms, but really and truly, he he like like Sincero was saying, he was there to to fuck up some Trandoshans, and that's exactly what he did and on his way out boba fett's like oh that's tight hey you look bored do you need a job <laughs> like, do you want the uh, the wonderful jennifer beals who uh, makes a makes a twilight continue to look sexy so that's, oh i know it's, 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 there. it's weird i'm i'm like beals? wow yeah i didn't realize that um what do you guys think the job was because kersantan wasn't at the dinner yeah he was yeah, he's, stand, he's really? standing right there. Yeah. Yeah, he was just standing yeah, there looking he's menacingly. Like, he's got his even, big like, rifle. Cut the camera and... to him once. Yeah. Just to show oh, him. I guess I missed that. At everybody. I thought, you know, I I thought I examined that scene enough, but I did not. Apparently, dang. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's he's Boba's new guy. And so he's so he's the new bodyguard. Then see my I my question was gonna be what do you think the job was and i feel like it was going to be hunting the mayor but if Could he's be. at dinner then it's probably oh no there he is okay dang he's like way in the corner there it all still right. could all be right. like i think they're all going to go hunt the mayor but he the, the job is you're on the team you're in the tribe i think is the job he's okay. boba's new left hand fennec okay. the right Phoenix, right okay got it got it which so I Fennec's think is brain. also going to play because I think the big, the big, uh, maybe not this season, but the the big next character to show up on Boba, if they do a next season of Boba, is going to be Bosk. And I'm pretty sure there's a Legends thing of of Kersantan and Bosk having beef. So that would be tight. Fun. That would be super tight, and I am all for that. Uh, did you notice uh, Phil Lamar played the Clatoonian boss? I did not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 the dude, the dude, the dude who abides, the dude who abides. Yes, yeah, thank that's, you. That's, that's also that's in my, my notes. He said, I abide. I'm like, oh, the dude, the dude is here. Good for you. This dude abides. That's yeah. wonderful. Good Actually, for I, think, him. I think I wrote that exact thing. Let me see. Okay. <laughs> um, I love this Godfather dinner, though, because it was, you know, it's, it's, it was. I don't know. It was, it was cool that Boba Fett was on the same level as them. Like they made a point to show, you know, that he's not trying to be on a throne. To he's not like trying to rule over everyone. He just wants everyone to basically get along and give him some fucking tribute, and he'll make sure that things are okay. You know, like, and I feel like Boba Fett would be a, a pretty good, um, well, die, 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 
Daimyo. 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 They make up words. Don't worry about it. No, so that's, that's a that's a that's, that's a an old samurai word. word. Shit. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like way old. Um but I feel like he would he would do a good job pr- protecting them from outside threats, you know. Um, and I and I really like how he's trying to just be like he said a leader of the people, with a freaking rain rancor. Boba Fett loves animals more than people, and he does. I, he I absolutely agree. does. Absolutely does. Yeah. And and that whole thing with what's what's to stop us from killing you, and then the rancor just popping up, like yeah, Easy yeah, that's boy. what's that's what's stopping you mf like come on hmm. and i mean he's basically got his whole crew now he's got chrysanthemum he's got mm-hmm. fennec he's got uh bulk and skull the gamorians he's got uh the power rangers he's got a rancor he's probably got that tuscan i still don't think that that tuscan warrior is gone mm-hmm. we did not see her die i think nope. that she's out there somewhere somewhere maybe I mean, and there's gonna, there's gonna, there has to be. If he was really there for as long as you say, like the five, five-ish years, three years, whatever, there has to be legends of the man who joined the Tuscans. And Correct. so, if he calls, if he calls in the the Eagles, you know, the Eagles are coming, the Tuscans are coming. Like that's gonna yes. be. Oh crap! Did I just make the prediction? I think I really feel. I really feel like that's we're gonna get uh, two Tuscan towers. Calvary. Scenario. Yeah, we're gonna get a two tower scenario <laughs> where they're getting pinned down by. By the Crimson Dawn, oop, bringing that up in a second. But they're getting pinned down by the Crimson Dawn, and then all of a sudden the Tuscans come in with the Tuscan Warrior, and they just wreck things. I I think that's what we're gonna get towards the end, because um, here, I mean, right now I'm really excited for this last scene that we got because we get this whole dinner. It's awesome. They team up. They all abide with each other. They agree to do what they're gonna do, and then we get this final scene where Boba and Fennec are talking, and you know, Boba says. Uh, we got we got money. We need muscle or something. And Fennec is like, "Well, I I, I know where to get muscle. You just gotta you just gotta know where to find it." Ooh. And then the second she says, "You gotta know where to find it," yeah, you hear the Mandalorian theme song, which just chills. I started giggling. I was like, "Oh my god, they're actually gonna go get Mando. They're gonna go find find Mando and try and like have him come team up with them." There, there is a shot in the trailer where it's like, hmm, that looks like a typical Marvel Disney. Someone's been edited out of this scene, kind of a thing. I'm like, there's, there's someone missing from this whole section of the screen, and I don't. It, I, it's either, either Mando or someone else they worked with, and you know, it could, st- it could still be. Um, I'm blanking on the character's name, but Gina, it could be Gina Carano Gina, if they yeah. if they've forgiven her. Which it's probably going to be the stupid Dave Filoni rebel pilot. <laughs> what a letdown that would be. <laughs> Dave Filoni, I love you. Please don't do that. Just him in his orange jumpsuit, just holding his helmet, like, "Hey guys, uh, yeah, I'm here to fight." <laughs> I hope he's too busy being the one who's showrunning the Firefly reboot instead of anyone else showrunning the Firefly reboot to do that. If anyone's going to do it, I hope it's Dave Filoni. If okay. if it's not Dave Filoni, I hope no one does it. Okay. That's I would I, I will if they give it to anybody. I'm going to I'm going to fight to have it canceled before it starts. Yeah. But Dave Filoni I'll forgive or James Gunn. We we've talked about that on on James Gunn would be cool. I'd be yeah. okay with so so my last point that I want to make, and before we get into segments, this is my last thing. Um, 
I just watched Solo recently, and I love the music of Solo. Um, gosh, I cannot remember who, who does it. It is his name is John Powell. He does the music. He uh, takes some John Williams things, and he worked with you know some other composers, and he made the Solo um, soundtrack. So John Williams passed away, right? Negative. Oh, knock on some wood. Holy cow. Um, what composer passed away that I was worried about? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> but when watching the credits, I noticed a little thing, and I wanna I wanna play this for you guys, and I wanna I want you to tell me if 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 I'm correct in assuming that this is what's going on. Okay, so I'm gonna play the the credits of um, Fet right now. <laughs> Psycho drums. play you the crimson let me play you the crimson dawn theme from solo no it has those exact same notes the exact same keynotes that that in this little excerpt at the end, this is at the very end of the credits. This is after all the portraits are done too. It's like when all the the normal credits are popping up and they have that tiny little Easter egg with those three little notes and it's a little bit of a different rendition of it. But if you put those, those notes together side by side with both different songs, it is almost identical to the Crimson Dawn theme. I must say, as much as I love music, I am a poor um, audience for that. You need to you need to call your friends over and measuring the score, <laughs> who can be found on all podcast uh, streaming I, I, services. I should I should hit them up. I'll, I'll make a little clip out of that and hit them up and see what they think. Um, I didn't but, hear it. I just didn't hear it. They don't match. You don't it's think it's close? So? It's very very close. Well, Man, when I, this podcast drops, probably Saturday or Sunday this weekend, I'll make sure to add that um, a little bit louder so you can hear the the similarities. Okay. And and you'll, I think I think you'll be fairly convinced, and because I am now completely convinced that this is the Crimson Dawn, um, the way that Fennec earlier in this episode said, uh, "You you think the writers the writers took out Tuscans." How did the writers take out Tuscans? And then, like, you think it's only the Pikes behind this? Like, she kind of gave some subtle little, asked some subtle little questions that really made me think there's, again, and I've been thinking this since episode two, but kind of solidified my thoughts that we're going to see Kira, Amelia Clark again, and the Crimson Dawn. I would like even to. If it's, even if it's just like a... a Juan Carlo situation from Mandalorian where we see him at the very end, you know, holding the dark saber. That would be the, you know, the, for the end of Boba Fett, it's going to be Amelia Clark coming out with the Crimson Dawn with Bosk. 
or some cool shit like that. You know what I mean? I'd like her to show up because that that was a good um, arc for her character, and I want to see more. I'm interested, especially now, to see what happened in the years. Because, let's see, Solo is, what, five years before the Battle of Yavin? Oh, way longer. Yeah? Yeah. I think it... I think it was five years after episode three. Okay, so it's, it's something early like on. that. I, it, it I, Solo's right got right. some. He's got some young, young youthfulness to him still. They were trying to yeah, emulate. He's a young cat. But he was right. still he was still a young cat in in A New Hope. So I, I like to I like to see that timeline yeah. as the how I want to see how much how long Maul had mm-hmm. influence over her before he disappeared. Because he, he spends a lot of time in. You guys have all seen Rebels, I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he spent a good amount of time in that temple, trying to find a way in, and his mm-hmm. journey there. We don't know what happens to him between the ending of Clone Wars now and how he got there. I feel like he but, probably got overthrown by the Syndicate. Okay. Because to me, it seems like Darth Maul always comes up to one certain spot and then just gets thrown off the edge. You know what I mean? Like he'll get somewhere on that cliff. Like he's climbing up to the top of whatever battle he wants to win and he'll get somewhere and then something will throw him off. Like when, when Sidious kills his brother and then disregards him, you know, and then they're just it's a bunch of stuff. So I, I think that they probably overthrew him and took over. Yeah. Cause or, I imagine, imagine his death or his leaving didn't mean that the Crimson Dawn was done. Right, right. So, or he just was like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna go on a sabbatical. I'm gonna pull a Jared Leto and go hang out in the desert for 30 days, and I'll be back." You know, that was the last good news story I heard. (laughs) I came out from being in a sabbatical and COVID. What is going on? (laughs) I thought everyone was dead. (laughs) Granted, Um, I, I I was out in the real world and no one told me about it. I just I don't go on the internet. I didn't start going on the internet like every day until I met you guys. That's that's how, hey, I, found, that's how I that's how I found you. I was like, well, I could spend more time on Twitter, I guess. Like, what's all about? <laughs> I've lit, before before starting to get like into my the things that I'm fans of. My Twitter existed just to tweet my wood shop, and then I went away. <laughs> that's and so I was like, all right, well, I feel like I'm, that happens a lot with people you know you start something because you're like i'm gonna do this and then you do it for a month or two and then like life happens you know yeah so let's see i i I don't remember when i started twitter but it was late and i didn't use it and then i didn't get an instagram until like 2018 and i still don't have a snapchat or a tiktok so i'm when it when it comes to things i am i'm always behind the wheel the wheel behind the behind the other wheel (laughs) thank you i'm behind the curve <laughs> I like all right, man. We're we're here to get you on that curve or something. Did you guys have any other notes for this episode before we move on to segments? Nope. Checking. I know Chip wrote down like six pages of notes. He had so much time before we started this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had so many criticisms, but uh yeah. I'll digress. <laughs> I've been told by the chat that Chip is a troll, so I'm just gonna say That's... that it's not real. That's that's not real. That's just the chat <laughs> trolling you. No, uh, Her- Harry Harry Pater said that you were a troll. And uh, hey. 
and uh, wait, Sunburn Evan will also also did it Ma- as well. Majnan Bisham said you were also a troll. These uh, are people that these are people that Josh has blocked because they're bots. I'm shit. I'm assuming. I mean, I you're absolutely correct. <laughs> Yeah. But for the people that are not bots, thank you for being here in the live chat. We are live as per usual every Thursday for Quest Me every Friday for Sudden But Inevitable. Um, that's our main lifetime. And we're doing, I think, Mondays for Marvel Can of Madness now. Um, we're still kind of ironing out those details, but uh, we will have something solidified soon. Let's get into segments before it gets too late and too far past Justin's bedtime. So... <laughs> I would like to wake up at 3 a.m. I feel you. I feel you. Let's start with. He's no good to me, dead. He will not be permanently damaged. That's right. This is Boba's Bounty. This is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite new character, droid, or alien of this week's episode. I want to start with Justin. What is your bounty for the week? Oh, Grievous's little brother. Chef, the chef rat bot. catcher. Oh, no, chef. the chef okay. bot. Okay. Like the whole what? time I see him just chopping everything up with six arms, and I'm like, oh, they're not going to. And then he just pops up and starts spinning them around. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. And then Hello like, there. like General oh. Fett. I was so excited for him and Boba to take like a t- do a little tango with each other, and then yeah, he he goes out. Fennec just cuts his neck. Yep, yep. That was that was cool. I mean, it was a cool death too, because she didn't, you know, and she kind of looked at Boba like, "Come on, child's play. Let's go." What about you, Chip? What was your favorite? Uh, what was your bounty for the week? Um, that uh, the rat catcher was pretty awesome. I uh, I enjoyed the rat catcher. Put him on a pretty good chase, and then when it got caught, it was just like, uh, off. <laughs> that's funny so that, Since that, what the, about you that was the part where i feel like people are when i see people complain like oh boba's gone too soft like he did have a kind of a cartoon um what do you like smoking the bandit like chase with the little robot around the kitchen i'm like yeah. okay but you know he's a little out of shape let him have let him let him have trouble catching the rat bot <laughs> well i was i like, was thinking on that too i was like you guys are trying not to make a bunch of noise, and I understand shooting blasters is loud, but like throwing pots and pans, I feel is a lot louder. It's not quiet, yeah. <laughs> Sincera, what was your f- bounty for this week? They said the favorite new character, favorite new character droid, droid or I mean, okay. they could even go ship, mm-hmm. alien. There weren't any new um, ships this, this round, though. I'm gonna go with I did like the rat catcher because they. He came in with a net. Like, <laughs> um, but I did, I did like this. Is the first episode or iteration of anything where we've seen the Bantas have some kind of more emotion than just like it had a wagging, it had a wagging tail. It it was his big dog, and I'm a big dog guy. I'm a big animal guy, which is why I'm really happy that he that Boba Fett is an animal guy. But the, that was that was great, and it, it wagged its tail. It 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 licked. It had a big like, ah, like lick. It licked its lips with its giant tongue. Yeah. It's like thirsty. Um, yeah, because yeah. usually that was like, kind of yeah. that was kind of weird. I kept looking at the mouth. Like every time it would open its mouth, I'm like, those are some giant lips. 
those those banthas are not the prettiest. <laughs> oh no. But no, I, but, I definitely I enjoyed I enjoyed the connection he had with it. Um, like again, I, like I, I think they could have they could have cut Boba's lines. He just could have said, "You're free," instead of "You're free to roam the Dune Sea." And like Boba, you don't have to talk that much. Yeah. Well, they could have just made him savage and just you know did an old yeller with it. I mean, like if you're not my bantha, you're nobody's bantha. Ooh, too far. He <laughs> loves that. He loves animals. He could have just let it go. Sincera, would you rather see? Fennec and Boba sort of change roles. How like Fennec is always doing that like small head tilt and look with the camera, doesn't say too much, and have them sort of flip their lines. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're already doing it because during the dinner she did do most of the talking, and I I, I think sure. that they know what they want because that. And that's what I picture was going to happen when I saw the tr- the little teaser at the end of Mando season two was that he was going to sit there in his helmet and do stereotypical Mandalorian, um, Witcher, <sighs> fuck, like those <laughs> kind of things. While she Good was and, and she was going to dictate, and they do seem to do that, but he does. He's a little more articulate than you know. Like I already mentioned that earlier, saying that the the five lines per episode. But he when he's I guess when he's alone, like he can talk more, and he's talking to animals. This episode, he's talking to Fennec, and he's talking to animals, and people are complaining that he's talking too much. Like, well, but those are that's his really tight circle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if, if, he, if he put if he put on the helmet and did micro expressions with the helmet while she dictated the what do you, the decrees of, of Daimyo Boba Fett, totally happy. And I feel like that, that could happen more because it seems like when he puts the helmet on, he doesn't really speak as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he went to the bar and saw the Wookiee, he just kind of, he kind of looked at, uh, I can't remember her name, Garza. And was just like, well, that didn't work. And then walked out, you know? And that was my that was my backup shot for the shot of the show is when when the Trandoshan goes flying into the tree and he just kind of goes, hmm, this is exactly what I came here for. Cool. Yeah, he's like, I need I need someone like you. Well, but he was or he was like he was coming for Kersantan, and like, oh, good, he's showing me exactly what I needed to see. So right. I was expecting this. Awesome. Right. But hello, Roy. Say- Thanks for joining us in the chat. Intrepid DM. There's the intrepid DM. Ah, uh, my bad be mr roy over there Roy, i gave your title to someone else earlier and i apologize to, to phil it's okay it's okay flip flip rider it's <laughs> we got flip rider that's phil and then we got intrepid dm that's roy it's there's so many hashtags and at signs and you know whatever um i you know and so for me i think my bounty this week i don't i don't think anyone picked it last week and i wanted did anyone pick the rancor last week I I, so. I'm pretty sure they did not, and no. that that was gonna be mine because the bond between the Rancor and Boba is very significant just by the one little scene that you see with with that Rancor, like they just mention killing him and he's about to pop up out of that floor and annihilate those dudes, like that Rancor means business. And he's now taking place of the Bantha. Like that's gonna be his new his new, you know, best friend. And I am so excited to see Boba Fett 
riding around on a rancor while that thing just picks up Trandoshans and eats it like a freaking Tootsie Roll. It's <laughs> it's gonna be sweet. So that that's my pick. It was either it was either him or Phil Lamar's character, the the abide, the dude abides. I, I'm thinking the rancor is gonna be the um the Deus Ex Machina, like something's going to come down and it's going to be someone's got a gun to Boba's head and he's just going to go and hit that and hit that button yeah absolutely and it's going to be sweet like i'm i'm oh i'm here for it man i'm i'm here for all of that i wasn't i wasn't here for the episode with when the when they do the whole it's empty you idiot i was <laughs> yeah i was i was ready with with whoever whoever wrote that scene i i want to go give a hug yeah, because I mean, we talked about that. Like, I was, I was like, "There's no way it was dead already." And I think a couple of the other people in the show were like, oh, "I thought it might have been there." And it's like it was, it was a good little fake out for sure. I mean, um, is it dead? It just got kind of knocked out by that door. It's a tough. Oh no, it's creature. dead. Yeah, I know. But I mean, but when it was happening, I'm like, "Oh, oh, are we gonna find out that it's not dead and it's angry?" It's just, <laughs> it's <not a> <laughs> in its head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but great picks, guys, for Boba's bounty. Let's move on to our second segment, which is always, well, not always, but it's this one. That's right. It's the Sarlacc killer scene. I didn't realize how awesome that segment name was going to fit. And I'm stoked about it because... This is the Sarlacc killer scene, and we got to see a Sarlacc get killed in this <laughs> episode. Um, so basically, this segment is where we talk about our favorite scene and or shot of this episode. And I like to do this in order um, as far as show like time and stuff. So let me bring that up here. Chronologically. Chronologically, thank you. That is chronologically. That is the correct phrase. Yes. Um. So first up, I was, do, I was doing Brian Griffin. I want to have intercourse with you at <laughs> relations. Relations. <laughs> so this first shot comes from Mr. Chip. It's at the four minute and twenty two second mark. Chip, tell us why you like this shot so much. Oh, I was just. Uh... Just made me chuckle. It's just uh, goofy when the thing licking its chops. All blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. Again, the lips, man, the lips and those teeth. It just creeps me out. Yeah, <laughs> it's got like a little Fu Manchu going on. <laughs> yeah, I do like this shot a lot because it's it's showing that bond between, and it's showing how much Boba Fett loves animals, you know, and and his bond with his. His favorite little uh, sand puppy. I like sand puppy. Elephant. Sandifont. Elephant. But yeah, great shot though. That's uh, that's a good one. So, <laughs> so next up after that one, and all of us are kind of in the same section. It's actually going to be Sincera at the twenty-six minute and four second mark. Why don't you tell us about this shot? So I, when they showed the the gang of bikers going through the desert, and you you see them all, 
right after he gets his ship back and and decimates the Sarlacc. And I, or no, am I out of place? Is this it's first right before he goes to the Sarlacc? My bad. But he gets his ship back and he's like, I have a score to settle. And then it cuts to them like, all right, well, he's going to come from somewhere. And they, they spend a good couple shots establishing the biker crew. Yeah. And so when they, when they, I'm looking, I was looking at the sky the whole time. I wasn't even paying attention to them anymore. And sure enough, I saw the speck. I saw the speck of the slave one. I'm like, oh, 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 there he is. Cause it was either this or he was going to pop up like, they were gonna, they were gonna go over a sand dune. And he's just like, gonna be like, there waiting. Like they were gonna get air, and and he was gonna be like underneath it, like do 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 do. But instead, <laughs> instead he he came up. This this reminded me of uh, the season of Game of Thrones that we don't speak of, but when when uh, Drogon came out of the the clouds and just you know somehow decimated that that whole place that we don't also talk about you know i'm glad you brought that up i'm glad you brought that up because i feel like this episode was very game of thronesy yeah because people sitting around at a dinner table talking about being family oriented and and uh and you know and then the giant rancor i.e dragon comes out and everyone's all scared because who says you can't have game of thrones in space like i don't don't know yeah i like it i I, I did like this a lot and how there was no um there was no scene of he didn't land and and like have a slow walk towards the final surviving biker and go this is for my sandwalker family (laughs) like no he just he just he shot them all up and they're like, all right, cool. Score seven. And then he just and then he just looks at Fennec and she just goes, yeah. I'll allow it. Like, <laughs> and I'm and, and she also says, you know, with her eyes, I think uh, I'm gonna stick it out here and see what's next. Cause that was cool. Yeah, yeah that was pretty tight. Who else are you gonna murder today? <laughs> By the way, this is Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Oh, see, Kaylee. I have to lock Trev away because she's too loud. Oh yeah, she yells at me. Every time, every time I'm in a, a Zoom class, she comes in and wonders, yeah. "Why are there people talking in this room that are not paying me attention? <laughs> What's going on? Where are they?" I usually ask, "Is Boba to Fett's go. ship still the Slave One?" Um, yes. According to Disney, no. Yeah. According to us, yes. No, 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 um, no. It's still Slave One. Fire Spray is the class. They took it away, though. They took that name away. They took it away. They it's uh, it's Boba's. Boba Fett's starship now and all the marketing it's, and Legos it's stupid. and such like that. Yeah, they took because, it away. Because the name has a, a bad connotation? Yep. Yeah. 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 So Disney. anyway, moving on <laughs> to the next shot, which right, is Justin's. Right. It, 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 oh, no, I'm sorry. It is mine. I apologize. No, mine comes at the... 27 minute and 19 second mark. It is this bad boy right here. <laughs> yeah. Because the, sla- the slave one doing. Yes, the slave one doing slave one things, looking down at the Sarlacc pit, like looking at it like it's a snack. You know, just looking at the, it, if the, the ship is looking at the Sarlacc pit like it's going to eat it for dinner. And then it kind of goes the opposite direction and the Sarlacc pit kind of latches onto it and starts trying to eat the ship for dinner but again this this to me was one of the absolute most awesome shots it was either it was between this or the shot with the three tattooing moons which i thought was also really cool 
Um, but yes, I I just seeing this and and reminiscing of the Return of the Jedi Family Guy episode where Brian was, you know, like I, I said it earlier in the episode, but Brian was shooting butterflies with the chicken walker. And it just this kind of reminded me of like what I would do in the slave one. You know, I'd I'd look down at, at little things. Oh yeah, kapow, you know, and dropping seismic bombs all over the place. So I, I gotta tell you, every every time I see Boba Fett doing something badass in, in this show in Mandalorian, my brain goes to back from the dead, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good too. I love it. I think I think someone did an edit when he's when he's smashing the stormtroopers up. It's it's him doing that with dialogue from Robot Chicken and it's a fantastic video. I recommend it to that's everyone great. in podcast land. <laughs> I will have to check it out. Jesse asks about choosing to use the term slave now. Like, is it really that important either way if you take your stand here? Not really. It's not important. No. But that has been the slave one since the 80s. Yeah. It's been the name of that shit since it came out. There's no reason to change it now. Mm-mm. No reason to change it now. And I will make a petition. Just like a Bebop petition, I'll make a slave one petition. Josh, what is that Bebop petition? Um, the Bebop petition is to save the live-action Bebop. It is uh, hashtag Save Bebop, I believe. Is that correct? I think it's Save Cowboy Bebop. Save, save Cowboy Bebop, yes. Um, but last we checked, it was at 150,000 signatures. I will check again tomorrow before SBI and update that. But it is very high up there on the signature list. So moving on from there, um, Justin's the last shot, and it comes at the 37-minute and 38 second mark this one is also one of my favorites tell us about it jesse uh, <laughs> first off jesse what if they change the enterprise into a different name so there. don't open that can of worms just talk about your shot <laughs> i don't know the, the enterprise is a slave ship that brought colonization to the to bad, bad so places now, before it was a, it's a, a negative connotation so we have to yeah. change it all uh-huh. But either way, uh, either way, I try. Um, <laughs> this is uh, the Trandoshan getting his uh, arm ripped off. Like this, no was blood. The by the way, no, oh, it's Disney. They don't do blood. That's why everyone gets blaster chars on them. But either way, like that was what I was waiting for. The and since uh, I, we met BK, like I was just waiting for him to rip someone's arm off. It's always been talked about since Solo or since the original uh, Star Wars, but it's just so cool to see it actually happen. And then that this in this little clip, you see his feet, the Trandoshan looking just so pitiful, and his arm across the room. Yeah, I think I think that uh, like you were saying when Han Solo says, you know, uh, a droid doesn't rip your arms out of its sockets when it's when it loses. You you always wondered, oh my god, do Wookiees actually do that? It's a lot like when Obi-Wan mentions, oh yeah, I fought with him in the Clone Wars. You're like, what? The Clone Wars? I want to know more, you know? And and the they're doing a good job of bringing some of those old things to fruition and like letting us see, you know, what happened. Do you think like, this Trojan is going to show up with a uh, a mod robotic arm? Absolutely. I do. Yeah. Cuz that imagine he's pretty angry. I, yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, but awesome picks, guys. Those were, those were great for uh, the oh. Sarlacc killer scene. Hey, Josh, yeah. uh, Jesse's calling us out on uh, how much fun it would change. 
it wouldn't change how much fun I had watching Star Trek. There you go. I mean, and it doesn't change how much fun I'm having watching the show because no, not at all. No, like I, I just don't get why. I don't get why. Like, are we worried? Is Disney worried that the Slave One is going to make people not watch the show? Probably. But why? But I, I think that was in... an interesting hill. Like, I thought that was like not. <laughs> I feel, I thought it was a not issue to like take a stand on. Like, I was like, okay. Next up in categories, I'll take things that were completely unnecessary for 500 yeah. for back. To like, I, just, I don't know. There's like actual problematic things in the world that we could like address and look at, even in Disney's own catalog. But like, yeah. that's cool. Let's go after like a rather innocuous ship name. Like, I always thought it was a reference to him being a slave to money because he's a bounty hunter. I, I never even took it as a connotation of like enslaving people because he he's a slave to money. He's out there. He's a Skrilla killer. Slaving away. Like, yeah. At the same time, when he said, I have to save my fire spray ship, like to me, I just went, oh, that must be the class of ship. And I didn't think a, th- mm-hmm. a second longer on it until I woke up the next morning and Twitter was just flooded with people arguing about that and then saying you know similar things like oh well, we can't call it the slave I'm like who even thought that he renamed the ship i don't think he renamed the ship i yeah, think I he think just it's the character he just the ship at all it's just i think he was telling he was telling fennec what to look for yeah he was telling he was telling fennec hey we have to get my fire spray if he said like we have to get my slave one she'd go the what yeah but yeah fire spray is the class of ship mm-hmm. Done. It's like telling yeah. or I mean yeah, but... <laughs> I think they would know if you you know it's just like you mentioned Boba Fett you're gonna know his ship oh slave one coming in like that's you know it's totally what it is but I also think it's in there was a little bit in reference to the way that like in the books he would throw people in cages in his ship kind of like Mando did in the the razor crest like throw him in cages so like Bubba would throw those dudes in cages, his bounties, and, you know, take them off. So either way, it is kind of a, a pointless hill to climb. And I, I think the, you know, the majority of fans don't really care. Um, it, They don't really care about the, the name. You know, I think it's more like, what, why do you why do you want to change it? Just like Sin Sarah, like, why? There's there's. No reason, but well, again, I, don't, I don't think they changed. This. I don't think they changed the name. I'm wondering why people are so going crazy over it. Like, oh, yeah, he 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 didn't call it yeah. a name. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't I, say I, anything. I, either side, I don't get why either side is fired up. It's the same thing. I don't get why either side is fired up about the Punisher logo changing. Like, just, oh okay. yeah, you know, like, he got a new skull. Like, let him, yeah, it's that's gonna be like. One that's, or two months. That's like a temporary thing. That'll be right. That's what I was that, like. You just gotta read about it with that kind of thing. They they explained mm-hmm. in the article that I read about the Punisher was that it's just a like a a period of time for the yeah. Punishers for the character to wear this different outfit or he's with a different group and he's he's changing his logo to match with that group that he's working with or whatever. How, like it's how long has Punisher been around? Thirty years forever. I've only had my company for 10 years and I've changed the logo three times. Like fuck like get over it, people. And and also like it could be an experiment. You know, it could be Marvel going, I wonder what would happen if we change the logo. Let's see. 
you know, and they're doing it in a way where it's like, if we need to change it back, we can. But right now we're going to change the logo and, and see how people react to it. And it was a, a shit show. So mm-hmm. hopefully this next it's- segment is not a shit show because it's where we rate each of ep- each episode. <laughs> Did you like that segue? I did. <laughs> um, that's right. This is the Tuscan Raider. And this is where we rate each episode from one to ten. And let's start with our wonderful guest, Sincera. What are you gonna rate episode four, The Gathering Storm? Are are we doing this the way uh Cheap C does it with decimals, or am I gonna piss off Jesse? Oh, I do the math, and you're not gonna piss me off, so you're good. Now I will give this one. Uh, I'll give it an eight out of ten with minus points for I like I like I said earlier I didn't think that he would be flashing back to to saving Fennec until much later just because that confused me a little bit but other than that if we're gonna be done with the uh, with the flashbacks as well I can I can get behind that but I think uh, yeah solid solid eight out of ten for me cool Chip what about you what are you rating this one. I'll give it an 8.5. Um, we kind of glossed over the scene, but uh, the actual scene where they like fought off the waves of guards to get mm. the fire spray back. <laughs> so when they were fighting off the uh, waves of guards to get the uh, slave one back, I thought it was a really cool scene. Uh, Finnick showing off like just how badass she was. Uh, she marked off like a dozen people and uh, she didn't really... I only watched the scene once, so I would have to verify, but I don't think she missed a single shot. I don't think she did either. She doesn't normally. I think her like that's part of her shtick is that she's like a really, really, really good shot. Yeah. And like, yeah, I just yeah, that scene really kind of sold it for me. I thought it was really cool. But Obi Wan said that only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. What? Yeah. What? Right. What? <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh man. The, the biggest red, biggest retcon in Star Wars history, right there. <laughs> yeah, Justin, what's your rating for this week? <laughs> it had comedy, it had action, it had nostalgia. Nine, nine. I love this nine. episode. Like I, I was cracking. Like every time he would uh, look back at uh, Mingna, she would have a, a, a funny smirk on her face. What was it? Uh, Sincera called it a. Uh, a micro micro expression micro expression and I, I loved that every time she did it i cracked up uh the robots were funny the droids sorry um the action in it overall like the shooting like like um chip brought up like her just not missing a shot all that was awesome the the, the j- poetic justice of just watching the the slave one just fucking mowed down those people that they sprayed fire there you go and then uh yeah everything i liked about it for what seems to be the the climax climax of the the series is great oh this is no climax my friend this is just this is just the foreplay i know but it was episode four (laughs) and there's seven so it's you know. It's like like Boba Fett just got to second base. I feel like we still gotta get <laughs> we still gotta get to third. <laughs> um, 
and for that reason, I'm 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 actually rating it a nine point five. It's Ooh. not my favorite episode quite yet, um, but it is my favorite episode so far. I can't I can't name a favorite episode until all of them are out. You know what I mean? And I still think, like I said at the very beginning, I loved episode one. I think I rated it a nine. Um, I'm rating this one a 9.5 because I enjoyed this one a little bit more than episode one, but I still think that there is room for a perfect 10 later on in this season, which means that I'm probably going to rate an episode at some point 9.75 just to be a dick. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my rating. And with all of those, we are at an 87.5% out of 100, which is pretty good. Higher than my grade yeah. average in college right now. So I'll take it. There you go. I'm rocking oh, 75s. Yeah. C's like get it. degrees. <laughs> C's, de- C's get degrees at 33. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. That's some words to live by right there. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging out for this episode. I want to thank everyone in the live chat. Jesse, Roy, um, we had Phil there. Uh, who else did we have? What was oh, what, what are their fun? What are their fun names? We had, we had some bots in there. Scar joined us in there. Harry Peter. Yeah, some bots. It was good. Thanks to everyone in the live chat. Even if you're a bot and not really here, I appreciate you. Um, like I said, we do go live every Thursday for Quest Me. As long as Boba Fett is playing, afterwards um, we might take a month or two off and come back and do some more Star Wars. Um, but if you want to get in on the action, definitely hit us up. We are on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for Twist My Arm Podcast and you'll find all of our live videos and things. Let's do some other plugs, starting with Sincera. Give us give us some of your uh, some of your plugs where people can find you if you want them to find you or, you know. I, I I would like it if people found my woodwork. I I do sci-fi related woodwork, and so it's it's always fun. Uh, everything I have, I just in stock. I just donated to our friends over at California Brown Coats for the Al Wooten Center. Oh, it's in nice. it's in it's in the mail, so it's going down to them. It's sitting in my in my shop. I need. I'm like I'm hinging on the phone. Like, do I drive it down there or do I mail it? Shit. Um, but it's all it's all in the box, ready to go. So I don't have anything. I have my Jane pins to to give out, but you can find me at uh, sin underscore Sarah underscore biz at, on Twitter and sin Sarah underscore SJB on Instagram, and that'll lead you right to my Etsy store. And uh, Jesse says my work is top notch, and I love the fact that he said that about me because he is top notch. And uh, one forever Vonnegut. Oh, she said something, but it wasn't nice. Yeah, she's blocked. Oh, what a... <laughs> Thanks, Veronica, for popping in and putting on some <laughs> random Russian, but, like, you're done. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have announcements about uh, more woodworking-related work uh, when my school is done. And also thank you all for having me because I won't be... My voice will not be on these podcasts until the end of June when I'll be graduating. Because I'm going back to night school, Friday nights, Thursday nights, Saturday mornings, I will be in school. I will try and hit the tail end of these if you guys are still awake when my school gets out at 9.45 p.m. But uh, if not, I will see you when I see you. Hey, man, it was it was great to have you on, and I really, really appreciate you coming to guest. Even even if this is your last one with the TMA Network till June, that's great. It was great last one for now. 
before now till till june till june yeah yeah we'll, we'll get you back on for sure chip give us some plugs where can people find you and your podcast uh marvel canon madness you can find us on instagram it's at marvel canon madness uh you can find me on instagram as well it's at chip hop anonymous uh, chip hop anonymous it's all one <laughs> word you know uh <laughs> So, uh, yeah, feel free to check us out. Uh, the MCM page is, uh, you know, the source for the Marvel podcast. And then my page is just, you know, nothing. <laughs> just me. <laughs> did you guys just... do an Eternals episode yet? We did kind of briefly. Okay. I, Eternals... I, just watched, I just watched that on Monday. Yeah. I, re- I think we're going to, I want to kind of talk about it a little bit more on our next episode just because I've rewatched it as well. And Did you guys it. talk about the voice of the the main? Um, it, oh my god! My, no, the deviant. Why is my brain farting? The celestial, Jeez, celestial, the main celestial, the voice. Actor. Oh, Erishim? Er- er- no, I don't think so. Are you? Were you guys uh, watching TV in the early '90s with uh, gorillas fighting Tyrannosaurus Rexes? Beast Wars, Beast Wars. You guys yeah. watch Beast Wars? Really? That was cool. me- the 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 Celestial was Megatron. That's cool. <laughs> and if you oh, watch it again, cool. you won't be you won't be able to unhear it. Everything he says, you're like, oh my god! Holy cow! That's you awesome. just ruined it for me. Yes. <laughs> um. Justin, you know, I feel like I never ask you this, but do you want people to find you? Do you want to give some plugs out? or No, I don't want people to find me. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach out to Twist My Arm Podcast, and then you can get a hold of me. Yeah, you get a hold of Justin and me at twistmyarmpodcast.gmail.com. Um, follow us on Twitter at twistmyarmcast. Follow us on Instagram at twistmyarmpodcast. Search on Facebook for the Twist My Arm Podcast. You can also search on Facebook for the Marvel Cannon Madness Podcast and find it all there. You can also just uh, check out the show notes. All of the links that we have mentioned will be down there as well. Make sure to follow us on Instagram because I will be posting the actual shots of the show throughout the next few days leading up in the next week's episode. And uh, it's always fun to, you know, get little hearts from you guys. I always, I always really enjoy that. And I also really enjoy the fact that you guys listen to us and the fact that our live chat is here chatting with us. You guys are all fantastic. Um, I can't appreciate you more and I can't thank you enough for listening to Quest Me. So let's do a sign off. I'm going to go first. It's go- oh, no, we're going to go. Uh, yeah, me, Sincera, Chip, Justin. Cool. So, for Quest Me, my name is Josh. I'm Steve with Sincera. I'm Chip. I'm Justin. And we will talk at you next week. <laughs>